Portugal is a land where history weaves itself into the fabric of the present and a timeless love story endures beyond the ages. Among the tales that echo through the narrow alleys and across the rolling hills, none capture passion and tragedy quite like the story of Pedro and Inez. Their tale is a blend of history and legends, entwined with the enduring symbolism etched upon their final resting places. Welcome to Season 2 of Death Becomes Her, the podcast where we discuss death, dying, and grief from a variety of angles. I'm Layella Kelly. I'm going to start Season 2 off with a love story. Ah, a love story. A love story with a death twist. This is the story of the Corpse Queen of Portugal. Pedro I was born to King Afonso IV of Portugal and Beatrice of Castile. In the year 1336, when Pedro was 16, he was betrothed to Constanza Manuel of Vilena. As was the case with many marriages of the time, the match was made in an effort to create a political alliance with another kingdom. The young Infante was not pleased with his marriage of convenience, but the couple was married by proxy in spite of his resistance. It would be four years before Pedro and Constanza would meet in person. And when they did, the sparks flew. No, not between Pedro and his wife, though he did determine that she was acceptable in a meh, I guess I could produce an heir with you kind of way. Instead, Pedro was instantly enamored with Constanza's cousin slash lady-in-waiting Inez de Castro. Inez was a blue-eyed beauty with skin so white it was said that when she drank wine, one could see it flowing through her throat, which apparently is a beautiful thing. She had captured Pedro's heart, and he had little interest in his wife Constanza. All the same, before too long, Constanza was pregnant, pregnant and aware of her husband's infidelity. So she came up with a clever plan to end Pedro's scandalous affair. She invited Inez to be her baby's godmother. In doing so, the Catholic Church would view Inez as a relative, thus making the affair incestuous. Certainly, the moral implications would squash the adulterous romance. Nope, Pedro didn't care. And then, when the newborn died a week after birth, there was no hope of her plan succeeding. Constanza wasn't the only one put out by Inez's presence in the royal court. Pedro's father, King Afonso IV, was also becoming concerned. Not only were Pedro's extracurricular activities endangering political relations with Constanza's family, it turns out Inez was intertwined with exiled Castilian nobility, and her brothers were becoming Prince Pedro's friends and trusted advisors. The king feared that the clan of Castro was becoming too powerful and feared that the Portuguese throne could be in jeopardy. He wanted Inez and her influence gone. So Afonso had her exiled. Not exiled to an island like Napoleon, just an inconvenient distance from the palace. In short, not far enough to deter Pedro. The couple continued to meet in secret. Pedro continued to meet up with Constanza as well, producing two more heirs to the throne. 
But shortly after the birth of their last child, Constanza became ill and died. At last, Pedro was free. He was no longer bound in a marriage he neither needed nor wanted. For a time, life was good. Pedro and Inez lived happily together with their children. Years passed. A variety of princesses were offered as second wives for Pedro, but he had no interest. He had his Inez. Instead, Pedro asked permission to formally marry Inez. The answer was no. King Afonso and the royal court still feared the clan of Castro. They couldn't allow a marriage alliance between the two families. Pedro and Inez's love affair was no longer just an inconvenience. Now there were illegitimate heirs who may usurp the Portuguese throne. The royal court insisted that something must be done. They reached a consensus. Inez had to die. Initially, King Afonso was resistant to the idea of assassinating his son's love, but eventually his advisors convinced him to order the murder of Inez. On January 7, 1355, while Pedro was away on a hunting trip, the king and three assassins journeyed to Coimbra, to the home of Pedro and Inez. Afonso gave the order, and in front of one of her children, 29-year-old Inez de Castro was stabbed and decapitated. Her body was taken to the Church of Santa Clara, and she was buried. When Pedro heard that his beautiful Inez had been murdered, the heartbroken prince sought revenge. He raised an army against his father, but was quickly defeated. At his mother's urging, Pedro brokered a peace with his father, a peace that was maintained until King Afonso died and Pedro ascended the throne. The newly crowned Pedro was intent on avenging the death of his beloved Inez. He would devote the next five years to ensuring that Inez received the honor that she deserved. First, in a dramatic twist, Pedro announced that Inez had not just been his lover, she was actually his wife. Pedro swore that he and Inez had been secretly married years before. That being the case, she was the lawful queen and their children were rightful heirs to the throne. He would not be satisfied until Inez was honored and recognized as Queen of Portugal, dead or not. Next, the assassins. Public, gruesome executions were ordered. One of the three assassins escaped, but two were captured. He ordered that their hearts be ripped out as they had done to him when they murdered his beloved Inez. One assassin's heart was ripped through his chest, the other through his back. Legend claims that Pedro added a bit of vinegar and bit the hearts of the men in revenge. Another version of the story says that Pedro personally cut out both hearts, saying that the men who had killed an innocent woman could not have a heart. Pedro wasn't done. His queen deserved honor, and being buried in a common church wasn't fitting for a queen. Pedro commissioned grand tombs of white marble for both himself and Inez. Two years later, upon completion of Inez's ornate sarcophagus, she was exhumed and an impressive 54-mile funeral procession from Coimbra to Alcabasa began. It is said that she was carried between two lines of stars, an effect achieved by thousands of soldiers holding candles. The next part is the stuff that legends are made of. Some stories, perhaps myths, 
claim that before Inez was interred, Pedro had her corpse placed on a throne, adorned with a crown and royal robes, and required that all the nobility of the kingdom approach and kiss the hem of her garment. Maybe at this point you're thinking, that's just too much. Nobody would exhume a corpse and put it on display, especially years after death. Well, let's take a quick little side trip to Gower, Missouri. Earlier this year, 2023, the remains of a nun named Sister Mary Wilhelmina Lancaster were disinterred. She died in 2019, four years ago. The Catholic News Agency reports, quote, Expecting to find only bones, her fellow sisters exhumed her remains on April 28th, intending to reinter them in a newly completed St. Joseph's Shrine, only to discover that her body appeared astonishingly well-preserved. End quote. Naturally, everyone involved in the exhumation said, great, this makes the whole corpse-moving business so much easier. Let's take her to the shrine. No. That is not what happened. Instead, news of the well-preserved nun spread quickly, and soon a flood of pilgrims waited in line for an opportunity to see and touch Sister Wilhelmina's body before it was placed in a glass case. It will now remain in a glass case and be perpetually accessible for public viewing. Hmm. Suddenly, Pedro's corpse coronation seems a little more plausible. Back to Portugal. Five years after Inez was interred in her final resting place, 46-year-old Pedro died. His magnificent tomb was placed next to hers, and together they tell a story. The intricate carvings that adorn the tombs portray the couple in regal attire with angels ministering to them. Inez's head rests gently on a pillow, and Pedro grips his sword. Both tombs are trimmed with the crest of Portugal. Scenes from the New Testament decorate the sides of Inez's coffin. At the foot end, a representation of the final judgment. Six human-beast hybrid creatures bear the weight of the sarcophagus. Pedro's tomb rests on six stone lions. Depictions from the life of St. Bartholomew cover the sides. At the head, a detailed circular design shows scenes of their life together. The couple talking, their family, King Afonso with Inez, Inez fighting her murderers, her decapitation, Pedro mourning her death, the execution of one of the assassins, Pedro seated on his throne, and another image of him lying in his tomb with the inscription, Until the End of the World. The design on the foot of the tomb pictures last rites of good death. In 1956, the tombs were moved to the transept of the monastery where you will find them today. They are no longer next to each other, rather facing each other so that in the Last Judgment, Pedro and Inez can look at each other as they rise from their graves. The 12th century monastery of Alcobasa is now a UNESCO World Heritage Site. The history and legend of Pedro and Inez continue to captivate. Each year, 100,000 people visit the monastery and its famous couple. Their tale has been printed on the pages of history and carried through the generations in the form of legends and folklore. Songs, poems, works of art, plays, operas, movies, and even podcasts have been composed to immortalize their love story. Thank you for joining me as I kick off season two. I use the term season loosely. I took a break over the summer, and now I am back, so I'm calling it a new season. 
I hope you enjoyed the story of Pedro and Inez. It is a favorite of mine. In March, I was able to visit the monastery of Alcabasa and see the tombs in person, and they really are spectacular. No wonder it took years to carve them. You should look them up. Check them out on Google. And if you find yourself in Portugal, Alcabasa is a beautiful little place to visit. Coming up, I've got a variety of topics that I'm looking forward to digging into, so I hope you'll join me for those as well. Until then, remember, talking about death won't kill you. I promise. Thank you for listening to the Death Becomes Her minicast. Connect with me, Lyella Kelly, at www.leavingwellmt.com. Special thanks to Roman Belov for our intro and outro music. Thank you for tuning in, and remember, talking about death won't kill you. I promise.